Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show. In the next few minutes, we'll push past the hype, pull back the velvet curtain, and reveal how to create successful living with neuro-linguistic programming. You'll dive into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Now, prepare yourself to make a name, make money, and make a difference. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Welcome to this week's podcast, where we explore such topics as rabbits, beliefs, influence, communication skills, and development of your child. Let's dive right in and see if we can bring all this together in a cohesive fashion. So at the heart of NLP is communication, and that's communication with self and with others. So if you want to be a better teacher, parent, run your own company, improve your marketing, sales, inspire a team, do you want to be a lover, public speaker, or a trainer, then understanding how the brain processes information to improve your communication at every level, I think is vital. We're going to start to explore it from the perspective of storytelling. And there's been lots of theories proposing that we are storytelling creatures and it's how the brain likes to naturally process information, which would explain why charismatic people, people who really make a difference from therapists, coaches, teachers, world leaders, business owners, can connect through storytelling and work at multiple levels. Now, if you ever come across the left and right brain hemisphere theory based on the guy who won a Nobel Prize, Dr. Roger Sperry, on left and right hemispheres, now we know the left brain is logical. It has the language centers in. It reduces things down to its components part, where the right brain is looking for meaning, pattern hunting, processing the emotions. And another word for pattern hunting would be intuition. Storytelling seems to stimulate the left brain, which is the language processing, and the right brain intuition, picking up deeper meanings. Ah, so it makes a lot of sense to explore storytelling from a communication point of view. Now, I also made the bold claim that it's how we think. We think in stories. Let's put that to the test. So we're going to do a quick thought experiment. I'm going to say three words, and you just allow what? Ever happens to happen. Rabbit. Car. Road. Ah, oh, what happened? Did poor Mr. Bunny get run over? No, 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 no. Let me tell you what really happened. So as the car came round the corner, the rabbit spun round, saw the car, put one paw up, blocked out one light, put the other paw up to block out the other light, and ducked its head at the last minute, thinking to itself, I hope this is not a Robert Reliant. And then went back and boasted to all these rabbit friends of how he took on the mighty beast and won. So what's going on here? Well, when I first said the three words, rabbit, car, road, from that smallest amount of information, your brain filled in the blanks, i.e. created a story to create meaning from the words. Then I introduced this ludicrous idea about the rabbit spinning around, blocking out the lights and ducking. The strange thing is now, 
that becomes part of your schema, the patterns that you're running. So the next time you hear the words rabbit, car, road, your brain will run both ideas, both stories. Yes, the first story is stronger. It's a story you may have had around in your head for a while, so it's a stronger story. Whereas the second story is not as strong. But if we keep repeating it, it starts to become a predominant story in our mind. Ah, that now explains why repetition is so effective. And we find that repetition is used in various different areas to reinforce new ideas, i.e. what we're calling stories. So, for example, your beliefs are the stories you tell yourself to prove yourself right. Change your story around your beliefs change your beliefs and one of the ways to do that is to repeat the new story over and over to yourself to anyone else who will listen and you create your own new realities that's also effective to creating realities in other people through repetition and this storytelling so where do we see evidence of this well in marketing and you'll see adverts played over and over and over again and if they can weave in a powerful story that becomes sticky. And what you then get is what's called top of mind awareness. We see this in public speaking, where you're told to tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them and then tell them what you've just told them. Repetition of the message. And then if you can also weave in a great story, ah, then you have magic. And as the story goes, there's a bunch of scientists who wanted to find out what it meant to be human. So they took all this data, put it into the most powerful computer they could find. And they set it processing. And it processed for days. And eventually, it went bing, which meant the answer was ready. They all crowded around to find out what the answer was, what it means to be human. And the computer's first line of text went, let me tell you a story. We can track healthy human development through storytelling and children go through various stages of storytelling and it's important for parents and guardians to scaffold the story, i.e. put content within the story. Stories often start off with one word. So a toddler will walk in and just say the word bang. And parents know instinctively what they mean. They jump up going, oh no, the TV set. And they go into the other room and the TV smashed up on the floor. Now, as we start to move into two, three, four year old, what you'll find is your child tends to mutter in bed. And if you put them to bed, they'll be just muttering away to themselves saying things like, so Nana come over today. I like Nana. She gives me big kisses and she always gives me cuddles. And I think Nana is sweet and she is daddy's mummy and the child is just talking to itself and what it's doing it's sorting out all the memories and thoughts throughout the day and it's important that a child is allowed to mutter to itself and to sort out this information now as they start to grow up you then start to get black and white stories so you'll have a story like oh Susie pushed Jenny over we don't like Susie anymore because she made Jenny cry and it's kind of that black and white type storytelling. Now, and that happens around about five to seven. And as we start to move up into older ages, uh, talking eight and above for girls and slightly delayed in boys, we find a much more complex story. So Jenny likes Tony, uh, but Tony doesn't like Jenny. But we think they would make a nice couple and that they could start to go out together. 
So those stories help us understand where a child is in their development. Then we have universal stories, stories that teach us lessons. So for example, the story of the three pigs. What is the meaning? Why has that story stuck around for such a long time? Well, it's a story about working. So you know the story of the three pigs. So you've got the first little pig built the house out of straw. Not much effort going in there. The second put a little bit more effort, but not much more and built the house out of wood. Then the third little piggy built the house out of bricks. So put some hard work in, laid a foundation. Yes, that story is about doing the right thing, putting the effort in up front and being rewarded. Note to self, tell story of the three little pigs to children just to re-emphasize the ethic of hard work. So what we're starting to discover here is that storytelling is at the heart of influence, communication, being charismatic, really making a difference in the world as a therapist, coach or business owner. It underpins a healthy individual. We can track that as a child starts to grow. It forms the basis of our beliefs. And if we change our story around the beliefs that we tell ourselves, then our life starts to change. Now, if we explore cognitive linguistics, not cognitive behavioral therapy, cognitive linguistics, they are proposing the idea that all words are metaphors. You're listening to the NLPcourses.com podcast. Our sponsor this week is the NLP Master Practitioner. Complete a full NLP modeling project. Pull together your skills like no other course can. Head over to the website at nlpcourses.com and grab your place today. For example, the English language has the metaphors up being good, down being bad. He was an upbeat guy. Things are looking up. Things are coming up roses. He was a downbeat guy. He was down and out on his luck. We're really scraping the bottom now. Ah, the art of storytelling. Wonderful stuff. I also think it forms the foundation for goal setting. I've been exploring goal setting for decades now, and I've noticed that some people can set a goal and seem to achieve it with a little bit of effort, and others go through all the right processes. They make all the plans, they visualize it, but still struggle to achieve their goals. Now, what could be holding them back? Here, in my opinion, is that the people who can achieve their goals with ease and with elegance tell themselves a better story, a story that lights their imagination on fire. So is there a way that we could use storytelling to explore goal setting? Ah, yes, there is. And we'll cover that at a later date. So back to our overview of storytelling and its many benefits. Also from learning. It helps accelerate learning. Great teachers are wonderful storytellers. So for example, if you said to me, John, what is electricity like as it flows through the wires? I could say, well, that is like water flowing through pipes. You go, is it? I've seen water flow through pipes. Is it very similar? Well, between you and I, it's not. But if you just needed a quick and easy way to understand what was happening, then it would suffice. Great. 
Then you say, okay then, John, a little bit more tricky now. What is a resistor like? And I would say, well, that is like, you know when you have water flowing through pipes and you block one end, but you keep the water flowing and the pressure builds up, and then you put a little hole at the end and the water squirts out? That's what a resistor does. Is it? Wow. I don't know if it is or not, but it sounds plausible. And if all we needed was a quick way to understand that, that would be great. Anything this powerful can also hold back learning. So for example, when in physics they used to say, what is it like inside an atom? You say, well, that's like our universe. Okay then, so the nucleus, you have the sun and you have the quirks and quarks, what wonderful phrases, going round, which are like the planets. Okay, now as soon as you take on a metaphor like that, yes, it helps you understand something very quickly. But also you take on all the presuppositions of that metaphor. So if we said, what's it like inside an atom? And we say it's like the universe. Automatically you've taken on all those presuppositions. So at the centre is the sun. Okay, that's the nucleus. And the quirks and quarks are like the planets that go around the, the nucleus. Well, okay then. But what is the presupposition about our universe that you just take on? Is that the planets are in fixed orbits. So guess what people are looking for within the, in the atom? Yes, fixed orbits. And there isn't any. It is random. So this is one of the ways that stories affect our beliefs because they create the presuppositions that our mind holds to be true. Being careful of the stories we use and the metaphors we use in any discipline, I think, is important. In sales, one of the metaphors that are being used at the moment is from the art of war. Now, is the art of war the right metaphor used for selling? So if we took that to its conclusion, okay then, so who's the enemy if you're selling something? Well, the customer. Uh, so who do you want to attack? Who's going to be injured? Now, is that really the right metaphor, the right story to be using in selling? Whereas at one point, everyone looked forward to the salesperson visiting the village because what would happen, they'll have the herbs, they'll be able to fix the pots and pans and they'll have all the bits that we couldn't have. They'd also put on a show. And the metaphor was, how could I serve you? Which I think is a much nicer metaphor, i.e. story, for selling. Right, how do you and I start to master this advanced communication skill that affects us on multiple levels called storytelling? Well, I'm glad you asked, because the upcoming podcast, those are the topics we're going to start to explore. How to create dynamic, interesting, riveting stories that hold people's attention, change people's lives, and is transformational. Hold on to your hat, it's going to be a wild journey. Let's now recap on what we've covered so far in this podcast. We rescued some rabbits from being run over. We noticed that repetition is one of the keys for changing our beliefs, as well as changing the stories we tell about ourselves and to other people. We noticed just how important it is that children are allowed to tell their story and that parents scaffold the stories for their children. And what stories we tell our children help them learn life's lessons. We talked about how in learning, storytellings accelerate our learning, but also the dangers 
of taking on a presupposition where we explored the universe and to the atom. And are we telling the right story for the right situation? And we concluded that warfare story within cells, i.e. strategies meeting in the boardroom, which is all warfare speak, probably not the right metaphor. And that we proposed a metaphor of how may I serve you? And in an upcoming podcast, we're going to explore this storytelling a little bit further. Wow, you were just how much we covered in this podcast. Any questions, any comments, if you just want to say hi, go over to nlpcourses.com, find the podcast page and leave a message. I'll always get back to you. So until next time, John, once upon a time, Cassie Rice, wishing you the very best. Have a successful week and we'll talk soon. You've been listening to the nlpcourses.com podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. And make sure to head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to the newsletter and get free transcripts of this program. 